Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast, and Merry Christmas! As always, yes. shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles, Suttles Solution Media, for helping to make this podcast possible. And even better, we have Andre, the man himself, on the podcast. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on, Teddy? Merry Christmas to everyone. Yes. Man, Merry Christmas to everybody. I have my Christmas hat on. You have the Christmas fedora on. And I'm just wondering, where did you get that? Um, a lady, I did a Christmas parade this past weekend and crazy story she said um you're gonna be in the parade do you have a christmas hat if you don't i'm outside your house right now and i was like what <laughs> like i was all, i was on my facebook and came in like and i was like and i go look out the front door and literally she was just sitting there waiting on just waiting on me to respond there and i was like go. what if i wasn't home like but anyway <laughs> i was like i don't have a hat what's good and she was like i got one for you <laughs> that's <was> awesome <laughs> hey <laughs> good thing you were home man yeah, literally. So now I'm rocking this fedora with the, there it is. Oh, yeah. So well, for those that are listening, he's got a little mistletoe in his fedora. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I know a lot of folks probably are creating some memories like that um, yeah. themselves as this is the holiday season. Some of you might be listening to this after it's come out, might not be Christmas. Uh, for context, this episode is coming out um, right around Christmas 2020. And it's been quite the year for a lot of folks. Christmas supposed to be the happiest day of the year of any mm-hmm. year. And we're talking about Christmas for 2020, which could look unlike any other. But uh, Andre, you were saying, man, you've had a pretty good year overall. So Christmas should be pretty nice. I, uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll say in scheme of things, 2020 was good. Um, I'll say that because I always keep in mind that it can be better, but it can always be worse. So just having those two to those two perspectives. And when we look back on 2020, I think we're all going to say it was a year of growth, a year of innovation, a year of, um, you know, discomfort that's going to propel us forward. Absolutely. And that's that's all perspective, like you mentioned, because I know a lot of us probably um, had our wound found by 2020, Mm -hmm. right? 2020 most likely scarred some of us, but, you know, it also probably, unleashed some of that strength that we had within us that we didn't know we had. So it's, it's taking the good with the bad. It's no rain, Mm -hmm. no rainbows, literally. And and Mm -hmm. 2020 had a lot of that rain for a lot of people. So I'm excited for the rainbows to come out and about. And speaking of which a lot of people uh, remember Christmas as a great time. And for any of the listeners, I want you guys to to think about this question as I throw it to Andre, because I want to unpack a a few different stories here, but Mm -hmm. um, Andre, what was your best Christmas? Which one just stands out? Hmm. Oh, you know yours already? I do. If you want me to go first. I... <laughs> no, I was just asking. I was just asking. I would say my best would, knowing kind of the, the route that I've taken in my life and empowering others, you know, embracing change, embracing the the kind of aspect of, of growth, you know, innovation, just developing yourself. One of my favorite, you said favorite best Christmases, right? Uh, best Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Best Christmas. It would probably be my fifth grade year. So my fifth grade year, I remember 
very specifically, my uh, my parents came home and kind of sat us down. We always ate dinner together. And he said, we can either move now because we're not staying in the school district. We can move now out of Cobb County and go into Fallen County. And we'll have a smaller Christmas or we'll move after Christmas, you know, kind of towards the new year and um, do a bigger Christmas now. And me and my brother are like, let's just get it over with. Let's just move now. Let's just see what it's about. We'll move. Really? Um, and yeah, so we they actually left it up to me and my brother. It was like a three week, three, four week span. And how um, old were you um, and your like, brother at this time? Because I feel like at that age, like you picked the big Christmas, but right you know, let's move now. <laughs> the small yep. Christmas. How old were you guys? Small Christmas. So I was in fifth grade, my brother was in fourth grade. And um, I remember very, very specifically when we moved, you know, we moved from a school that was I, it goes to being like 15, 20, 15, 20 kind of, for lack of terms, Caucasian white kids in each grade class to now we move out to this other school and it's me, my brother and three other kids. And that makes up the whole African-American black population in the school. Oh, and wow. like, it was just a complete flip, a complete opposite of um, kind of what we were used to. But at the same time, it, it, it grew us in separate ways. Like we go or in, in different ways and we go from, you know, having kind of that small city t- kind of kind of lifestyle to the country, like chopping my own wood. So I say that um, say it was the best Christmas because I felt like I was gifted some of the intangibles at Christmas for my parents that were not really, you know, intended to intended for it to be there. So like when we moved, me and my brother were able to walk to school every day. So they we were in itself instilled kind of the accountability, the respect aspect. Um, kind of that Christmas. And I don't know, it was just, it was just a really good Christmas. It was a Christmas of change of, you know, family. We were the, we were the only people out in that County who knew each other. So it was like, we were kind of just like a, a small family together and it was fun. Nice. So, what's yours? Nice. You got to talk to us. All what's right. Yours? All right. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys were able to hear my dog, Bruno. Over mm-hmm. there. You heard him? He was just saying Merry Christmas. Yeah. He was just, he was just giving everybody yeah. a shout out. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome, man. And that, and I was going to ask why, but I mean, that's kind of great having that culture around it for me, my best Christmas and pretty, pretty vivid as a kid. I remember getting my first, um, super Nintendo. I got my super Nintendo and it was, it was a huge box for my, for my God. Mm-hmm. And, I remember seeing this big box and all this stuff came out of the box. And to be honest, I couldn't remember some of it. Some were like French tapes on Mm -hmm. how to learn French. Um, Some were clothes and things like that. But we had a Super Nintendo. And I remember getting the Donkey Mm -hmm. Kong and and all that. And that was the first time I ever remember having like um, an abundance of presents. Christmas. You know what I mean? That was the first mm-hmm. time I ever remember like, oh, what else? What else? What else? Mm-hmm. And that Super Nintendo was one of the last things to come out. Mm-hmm. And I wore those cartridges out. I played the the, the brakes off that, the pads yep. off that. Yep. Um, but that was the first, I guess, overflow of a Christmas that I really experienced, mm-hmm. right? With all the presents. Yeah. And um, and I just look back at that like, wow, that was mm-hmm. that was a magical time to be a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, remember, I, know a lot of I think everybody remembers their first gaming system too. I remember my first gaming system. So <laughs> was yeah, it? that's it. If mine was a, a Nintendo sixty four, nice. Yeah, nice. I remember the day I got that thing. And my mom was like, "Your dad got this for y'all," and I was like, "You're right, he did." 
you, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> my like, that's right. <laughs> well, that's that's so, what's great is because you know, for a lot of us, some of the significant gifts we've gotten on Christmas might have been a gaming system or, or might have mm-hmm. been uh something else that we've really wanted, right? You know, a lot of mm-hmm. those kids had the little or those easy bake ovens that they had the mm-hmm. little easy bake yep. ovens and stuff. Those looked fun. I never got yeah. one, never wanted one, mm-hmm. but now that I'm an adult, I wish I learned how to cook earlier, right? <laughs> So I want to transition this into the second question, right? Because we just kind of unpacked our best Christmas and and there's a lot to unfold in either story there. Um, Mm -hmm. But transitions into what was the most impactful Christmas? Because best Mm -hmm. doesn't always mean impactful. And I'm Mm -hmm. interested to know if your your most impactful Christmas is the same. I mean, moving Mm -hmm. is is pretty significant. Or if you have a more impactful one than that, that kind of Mm -hmm. eclipses your best Christmas. So for me, I I would actually say it was that following Christmas. Um, And I say that for two reasons. That Christmas, I strengthened my relationship with my pops Um, based off of kind of the presents I got. And I say that and it was it's it's weird, Um, but I got a dirt bike and I got a paintball gun. And those are two very specific things I remember. My brother got a go kart. Um, But two specific 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 stories uh, that was weird two specific stories that i remember um when we got the paintball gun my pops was like all right y'all go put on some clothes i'm gonna shoot y'all so you see what it feels like and i was like what type of logic is that you know like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as a kid you know <laughs> sixth grade i'm like what you mean pops like <laughs> um but afterwards i was like in order for you to do something to someone else, you should know what it feels like. You should know what that's about. Um, and same thing, I can kind of apply that to business now. Like I never really ask anyone to do anything in business that I haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he did that back in the day to kind of to, to kind of teach me that lesson. I feel like because I mean we were like he was like you can shoot me back afterwards like it's just a paintball gun, mm-hmm. but overcoming that fear of realizing that you can do something to someone else that you would never want to have you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But realizing that that needs to be that needs to be a concept where any actions are made. Um, and as a kid, I, it was kind of hard to grasp that. But you know, looking back on it, I'm like, ooh, you know, like that was a very valuable lesson I learned because I use that moving forward with with a lot of things. Um, and then as far as the dirt bike goes, I'll say, um, like it that that in itself sparked. I've always been a really big car motorcycle person. And um, that in itself kind of sparked that first, like my pops always coached us in football and everything. And after, when I got to middle school, he stopped kind of coaching us in football. But in that aspect, when I was able to get that dirt bike and still learn how to ride, like I remember to this day when I got it, we opened the garage doors up and my pops is literally standing behind my dirt bike, holding it up by the metal brackets Yeah, and with the wheel off the ground so I can learn how to do the clutch. And he's just sitting there holding it up for like a solid 10 minutes just so I can learn how to work a clutch. You know what I'm saying? And little things like that, where I was like, wow, you know, this man just taught me how to ride a motorcycle on Christmas day in 30 something degree weather. And we're just out here, just sun and pops in the garage, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, my brother's doing donuts in the front yard with go-kart. Like these are things that like, I look back and it's like, wow, you know, yeah. um, just seeing these things and realizing I'm extremely fortunate and I was extremely blessed. Cause I, I know one thing my parents always did was they always asked us what we wanted for Christmas earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did that because we had to earn it throughout the year. Um, and I'm not going to say we weren't spoiled because we definitely were. 
but we earned it. You know, we cut the yard every two weeks. We made sure when they got home, all of our all of our chores were done. After dinner, we did the we cleaned the kitchen. You know, so it was that mutual aspect that kind of made that so valuable for us. You know, it felt like we were doing things as a family. So yeah. I like that. Nice. And and that's really kind of the the memories that we hold on to that kind of take us moving forward. And it, and it's funny mm-hmm. because just seeing how your two answers progress, um, I think my theory of these line of questions is coming into fruition. And, and it's it's funny because I'm mm-hmm. so I hope you don't mind. I'm using you as a guinea pig here with uh, these no, questions, no, and I hope the listeners are kind of unpacking their stories along with us as they're kind mm-hmm. of uh, adapting to first the first question of what was your best Christmas, the second one being your most impactful. Right. Yep. And um, when I reflect on my most impactful Christmas, um, I remember it vividly. I, it was Christmas 2013. Um, mm. I remember 2013 because yeah. um, the the spring before that, the spring mm-hmm. of 2013, I, I got my dream job in, in Saginaw, mm. Michigan as a meteorologist. Um, by the time it was that December, I had moved again. And that was the year 2013. I moved, I want to say five times. I moved one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I moved a ridiculous amount of times in 2013. Yeah. It was one, two, three, four, four times I moved in that single year. And now I'm in a new city, in Greenville, yeah. South Carolina, um, that December. And mm-hmm. I spent Christmas by myself. I remember I bought myself an Invicta watch. Um, I cooked mm-hmm. myself some lamb chops that night. Mm-hmm. I went to a movie with some friends that I just met mm-hmm. from moving in the area. Um, but I literally remember that Christmas is the first Christmas I spent by myself. And that night I wrote in my, in my journal, I said, you know, Christmas 2013, the day you learned the cost of chasing your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Christmas is a family time, right? And you want to be with friends and family and everything. But uh, unfortunately, because I was chasing my dreams and I was going for what I was going for, I had to spend that holiday alone. It's the first time I Mm -hmm. had to. And um, that for me was the most impactful one because, and that's why Mm -hmm. I believe the most impactful and the best doesn't always have to be the same. And and I, I mentioned that, hey, the most significant one and the most impactful one changes us while our best one usually makes us. My third mm-hmm. question is really kind of unpacking what the actual impact right, of, of those two together are. And mm-hmm. this question is, is a forward-thinking question for the listeners. You might already have children if you're listening to this. You might already celebrated mm-hmm. a few Christmases. Um, but still, uh, you can play along. If, if you've mm-hmm. had kids already and experienced Christmas, but Andre, what kind of Christmas do you want to have with your kids? Mm. So in, in good spirit, I think it's all that the listeners get your answer first on this one. Fair Not enough. that I don't know my answer. I promise I know my answer, but you get to go first. I feel like your answers are a little shorter. So now you get to be a little lengthy on this one. It's okay. It's okay. Um, uh, actually, I don't know my answer yet. Okay. Um, so I would say um, this is actually um, an answer that I haven't thought of yet because I wanted to be kind of authentic mm-hmm. and unpack it in the moment. Um, yeah. But comparing the Christmas that I that I've had with the Christmases that Jess has had, um, they're they're very mm-hmm. different, and there's there's a magic to it, right? So I guess if I could sum it up and explain in a simple sentence, how I want Christmas to be like with my kids, I would explain it as magical. Um, 
I mm. think we can create magic and, um, mm-hmm. you know, Santa Claus is, is amazing. Santa Claus is great. Does a lot of things traveling around mm-hmm. the whole world in a single night. But uh, I think the times that we create with our kids um, mm-hmm. through these holidays is something that's mm-hmm. going to impact them for their lives. And it's going to impact how they want their kids Christmases to be and so on and so forth. So for me, whatever it looks like, whatever it becomes, mm-hmm. um, I just want it to be magical for them. And, mm-hmm. and I think by making it magical for them, um, I'm not a parent yet, but I could imagine that the reward is seeing uh, the kids believing. And when I mm-hmm. say believing, I'm not talking about just Santa Claus. I'm talking about believing in um, some of those moments that are precious in life. You're mm-hmm. unpacking of your dad holding the tire off the ground. You know, that mm-hmm. is magic, right? Mm-hmm. You know, deciding to move to a different different school district and start a little bit of a different life is magic. And mm-hmm. me getting for the first influx of gifts is all magic. Mm-hmm. So um, what I want Christmas for my kids to be would be magical. It's mm. good. What about you? <laughs> oh, so yeah, I like that. I like the, the magical aspect. Cause that's one thing is you, I'm big on perfection. You know, you can't create it, but you can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, but magic is one of those things that you can create um, throughout your culture, throughout those things, throughout your, you know, your, in, your day in and day outs. But um, so for me, I think I want, I want my Christmases to be I'll say remembered and rewarded, rewarding in the aspect of whenever you say rewarding, it's not always tangible. It's not always a gift, you know, Um, but knowing that gifts can lead to those intangible rewards. Um, So those lessons that you learn through the things, um, you know, the, the really those memories that you make that Mm -hmm. kind of turn you into the person that you are. Um, so I always, for me, it's always, it's, it's, it's going to be about the, the, you get what you get in or you get, you get what you, you get out what you put in, you know? Yeah. So if you are kind of, you know, doing your best throughout the year, it's going to be rewarding. If you are kind of being held accountable, just, just, you know, I, I never felt that my parents, um, you know, didn't get me anything because I didn't try my hardest. They always let me know that they knew I was trying my hardest, even when that, at times made me fail, you know? Mm -hmm. So in that, sometimes that came through, you know, lessons that I learned throughout the year that enabled me to get the presents that I wanted throughout the year. You know, like I remember very vividly getting a PSP, but the only way I could get that was if I was consistent on my chores for six months and I cut the grass when it needed to be cut every two weeks and things like that, that built the character and the type of person I am today based off of a simple goal that I set back in the day, you know? So I want it to be rewarding in that aspect that my kids can dream and want something big if you work to get it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and your your father will do his best to get you what you want, knowing if you have put in enough that that, that rewards that out, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was sometimes where I asked for things for Christmas and like, I don't want to say I didn't get them because I felt like I got everything, but I always felt like at the end of the day, I was helping my parents out by like making sure the house was clean, you know, because I felt like they did everything they had to do to get me what I wanted, you know, yeah. like I saw my pops work a lot of overtime and I'm like, 
I'll probably work overtime for my kids. Like if they want something, you know, and they've put in the work and they want to dream to get it and they've kind of checked those boxes, then, Hey, let's get it done. Like, mm-hmm. why are we dreaming and achieving, you know? Yeah. So I want it to be rewarding in that aspect of letting my kids dream and helping them achieve it. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's kind of bringing the vision full circle right there. Um, yeah. The impactful uh, Christmases that we've had, the impactful, um, journeys we've had through life is really mm-hmm. what we end up imparting on those that follow and we follow mm-hmm. in those footsteps ahead of us. So I, and mm-hmm. I want to just go and ha- go ahead and say, you know, there's no wrong answer, right? Yeah, in there is yep. because I think yep. it looks different for everybody. And um, I think it's important because the way I kind of phrase those three questions, you know, the best Christmas, the most impactful Christmas and the Christmas you want for your kids, even if someone out there isn't necessarily wanting to have kids or in a yeah. You have kids, you know, what are the Christmases you want moving forward? Um, yeah. And and I mentioned that with Christmas, but we're really in the holiday season it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's applicable to all who celebrate, right? Any holiday, whether it be Kwanzaa, um, Hanukkah, whichever you, you holiday you pick, what do you want it mm-hmm. to look like moving forward? Because you've had those impacts all through your life as a kid. And I just want to go on with, with, I don't want to, you know, move forward without saying the the fact of the matter is, you know, not all Christmases are great. Not all holidays are great for folks. And um, I know there are things that I definitely wanted as a child that I wasn't able to get for Christmas, not from a lack of being able to earn it or or being good enough. It was, you know, my parents simply couldn't get it. And, mm-hmm. and they just, they didn't yeah. have it. And, you know, that was the reality mm-hmm. of the situation at the time, but I can look as a kid and be, I know, be upset and be, just be sad, but, you know, as an adult looking back and just kind of being like, you know, I feel bad for wanting it in the first place. Yeah. You know, having <laughs> you know? them. Yeah. Cause I could imagine being a parent, mm-hmm. not being able to get it without it do to me. To get it, yeah. So, um, yeah. there's, obviously the the hindsight and the dots dots connecting from that perspective Mm -hmm. but with with the fact of the matter all christmases and all holidays aren't always great but sometimes even the bad ones impact someone to do a have a significantly good one moving forward or significantly Mm -hmm. give and help others moving forward Mm -hmm. i'm a firm believer that the holidays uh, and christmas is one of the happiest times of the year not because of how much people are receiving, but because of how much they are giving. And Mm -hmm. that is where the true happiness lies. It's when we're doing the most for each other. It's when we're doing the most for others. And it makes us all feel gooey and happy and magical and giddy Mm -hmm. inside. And that's why, hey, why do we have to wait until one or two months out of the year to be this way? Andre, why don't we just be happy-go-lucky, gooey and dewy and all that inside Mm -hmm. all year long, giving out hugs like we used to? Mm -hmm. Um, COVID. Corona. <laughs> <laughs> no lie. Uh, hey, man, speaking of that, I'm actually not even going to be able to go see my parents during Christmas. Um, yeah. This is one of my first first uh, Christmases. I won't be able to see them because my mom works in the school and she's been exposed four separate times. So it's like we're going to have to do Christmas after New Year's, which is different, you know, but yeah, it'll still be memorable. So that's the number one thing. 2013 was actually a very good Christmas for me too, man. It was the first year that I realized Christmas didn't mean gifts to me anymore. That was my first year out of college. Nice. Nice. Um, That was my first year in college. Um, And it was really big to me to just be able to just like 
a family. Like that in itself was my gift, like to myself. And I was so happy for that. The time. With college and everything. Yeah, just the time. Like that time was a very good, very good gift. So I love it, man. Speaking of time, that's about our time. Yeah. About that time. Yeah. As always, um, I want to make sure everybody's able to connect with you, Andre. I mean, they know how to connect with us. They're following the podcast, but how do they reach you specifically? Yeah, so you can reach out to me. I'm on most social media platforms. Andre Suttles. Andre has a J at the end of silent. I always tell people my mom was a creator too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was, but <laughs> but yeah, um, reach out to me there or find me on Instagram, The Empowerment Coach. You can send me an email, info at subtlesolution.com. But yeah, just shoot me a DM. I'll take out. I'll, I'll respond. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And of course- Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, you know, coming to the end of the episode, the three questions were, what was your best Christmas, most impactful Christmas, and what are Christmases mm-hmm. you want to look like moving forward? And yeah. Yeah, I believe, you know, our best can kind of make us, our most impactful mm-hmm. can change us, but- how we make the Christmases moving forward is how we impact and change others. So um, keep that in mind, guys, regardless of how 2020 has been and however the holidays are treating you, I hope they're treating you kind and I hope they're treating you well. And of course, uh, on behalf of Andre and myself and No Rain, No Rainbows, we appreciate you guys listening, not just to this episode, but all the episodes throughout the holiday season, throughout the year, throughout 2020, throughout the history of this podcast. And if you guys enjoyed it that much, we'd appreciate and love for you to share that with a friend that you think might enjoy this content or benefit from it. Don't forget to leave a comment, leave a rating on the iTunes app, hit that subscribe button on YouTube and on your iTunes app. And of course, if you really do love us, you can actually contribute financially to the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon page. How much, Andre? One dollar per month. For as little as one dollar a month, you can support the podcast. And help us grow. Help us uh, bring this to the next level. But as we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.